Welcome to the Pavant Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. This is episode 420 of the podcast. It is our Snicker Snicker episode. Yes. And proud we are of all of that. Yup, there was exactly 419 episodes before this one. Don't question it. So, uh, I'm pretty sure that Twitch has rules against uh, outright using certain substances on their uh, platform. So, really? what a I think so. I'm not sure. I don't know the ins and outs of Twitch, but I'm just going to say that, uh, hey, look at this uh, fruit-flavored, non-drug-related gummy snack. I'm just going to eat this, and um, yeah, there you go. By the time we get to the movie, things should be interesting. Um, Indeed. I'm a little bit hungover right now. My wife is back from her trip to upstate New York, Schenectady. I've gotten really good at pronouncing it. Um, So we tied one on last night. Tied one off? Tied one on? Tied Tied one on. on. Yeah, we tied one on last night. I got about five hours of sleep. But I am ready. I am a professional, and we're going to do this. So you ready, Bunny? Ready. Okay. Buddy! Yes. So I'm going to do this bit a second time. We did it once before, but the sound on my end was absolute shite, which it is from time to time. It should be good now. And so it is time once again for the opening of the podcast to be written by my five-year-old and ten-year-old children. So the rest of this opening was written by my two youngest. I told, I asked them what I should write about for the podcast, and this is everything that they said. So the rest of this bit was written by my two youngest uh, children. This week on the podcast, we will be talking about, about what? I don't know. Hey, look over there. Bub... Blubba dub dub shubba shubba lub dub water bottle Tom Nook. You know, I love kitties. I love kitties, Tom Nook, and stinky socks. Are there sesame bananas? Like sesame seed buns, but on a banana? And an inhaler on a rocking chair. Unicorns? Unicorns! You stop. No, you stop. Here's something you can talk about, Dad. Fortnite has Frankenstein now. Okay, uh, let me think about it. I closed my eyes that time, and now Halloween is coming. It was thundering and lightninging this morning, and also 1,000 ghosts are coming to your home. All right. So be prepared for that. Also, the cat is stomping its feet. Go away, Miso. You no longer live here anymore. I love French fries. And ow! 
I just stubbed my pinky toe on my biggie toe. Okay, this is going to be a mouthful, but yeast. <laughs> yeast. Poop. Can you get me my squishy mouse? I'm going to put these in water because they keep getting dirty for some reason. Okay, Dad. Now can I go on the street? You can't close the door, though. I'm making a bath for the kitty. Is Gizmo here, Dad? No, I'm talking about Gizmo. Oh, hi, Gizmo. Guess what? Guess which one is my favorite? It's the shark. It's so tiny! Wait, were you meowing or yawning? Ah, oh, it's dirty again. Uh, hug! Clap it out, clap it out, clap it out, and spin. And there you go. That is the opening of the podcast, as written by my two youngest children. I've got five children, and uh, it, 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 it's difficult. Yes. Very, very difficult. But it, that is true. Fortnite does have Frankenstein now. I usually don't care about Fortnite. But, well, is uh, it difficult or is it just expert level? Uh, maybe a little bit of both. I don't know. I've, I've, I just I have a lot of kids, and it, it hit me recently that, you know, I'm 40-something years old. Early, very, very early 40s. And I have my youngest, my oldest is 20, and my youngest is 5, and that's a ridiculous amount of time uh, between children. And so I was the cool young dad for Emerald, and I'm going to be the old dad for Eleanor. So I, I find that to be fascinating. But anyway, that's it for this segment. I like it when the kids write the opening to the podcast because that means I don't have to do that much work. Hooray! Hooray! So, so there you go. There's the opening. And cut on that. Buddy! Yes! So I have the AMC A-List, and what that is is a subscription service wherein... For $19.95 a month, I get three free movie tickets a week. And I really took advantage of it at first. From December 2018 to March 2020, I saw a whopping 177 movies, movie showings in 66 weeks, which, damn. But then the pandemic came around and screwed all of that up. Yeah. But now... The theaters are back open. The dishes in the dishwasher are clean. Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. The dishes in the dishwasher are clean. Okay. So now movie theaters are back open, and so am I. So get ready for some up-to-date movie reviews with Steve Tubbs of the Week. Down, down, down. No, I got it all in last night. I was gonna, night. I was gonna play myself off there for a sec. Uh, and this week represents my 16th week back in theaters, and in that time I have seen 28 movies, 
This week I only managed to see one movie in theaters, but there was another there's another movie that I wanted to talk about uh, that has come out recently. I haven't seen it, but I just wanted to discuss it. So this week I saw the following two movies in theater. I saw the following movie in theater. In theaters, I saw the new film Lamb. Yeah. And then uh, I wanted to talk about the new Halloween movie, Halloween Kills. Uh, so first, uh, let us discuss the movie that I did not see in theaters uh, yet. I'm seeing it next week, but I wanted to discuss it. Uh, 2021's Halloween Kills. Okay, so a lot of people are hating on me on Twitter right now. Ooh. And the reason for that is uh, a lot of people. A lot of people are hating me on Twitter right now. And the reason is because... Uh, there you go. Uh, so I, I saw this graphic online. And there it is right there. It is the... What is... What is the, uh, it's, it's okay. Huh, okay. So this is the timeline of the Halloween movie franchise. Okay. I, I found this online and it astounded me. So this led me to download all of the Halloween movies. Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers... Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, Halloween H2O 20 years later, Halloween Resurrection. I didn't bother downloading the, uh, the, the stupid Rob Zombie ones because those don't count. And then I downloaded 2018's uh, Halloween movie. And I thought that I could have a marathon to prepare myself for going to see the new film, Halloween Kills. Uh... I, I haven't read any reviews on it, and I haven't seen anything about the new Halloween film, but I'm just going to go ahead and assume that in the film, Jamie Lee Curtis dies. And I'm going to assume that because the... Uh, so the first new film was called Halloween, and then yeah. this one is called Halloween Kills. That's the movie that just came out. And in that movie... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Laurie Strode, and all of them, they're like, evil dies tonight. We're going to kill Michael Myers. And so it's called Halloween Kills. So some people are like, oh, is Michael Myers going to die in this? No, because this is the third movie, which is uh, apparently coming out next year, and that one's called Halloween Dies or Halloween Ends, and that's the third film in the trilogy. So Michael Myers can't die in this new film because they're going to be releasing the third one, I believe, next year. So someone dies. So I'm assuming that Jamie Lee Curtis's character dies again because I think she died in Halloween H2O, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, this chart of the Halloween timeline, absolutely, I find it absolutely fascinating. So I was on Twitter, and someone uh, tweeted, uh, I've been thinking a lot about 
horror movie timelines. Which movie franchise is your favorite? And everyone's saying, oh, Friday the 13th. Oh, fucking <coughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. And I said, uh, if we're talking timelines, take a look at this. And I posted this image. Uh, that tweet has been seen 10,000 times, and everyone is telling me about how this chart is wrong, and I did a horrible job at it. And it's like, I just posted a picture I found on the internet that doesn't make me the Stephen King of the image. Yeah. So I'm so annoyed with all of these people. Like, uh, uh, actually, this is tied into... Halloween 3 is actually tied into Halloween... Uh, uh, the Halloween franchise because of this one scene, uh, uh, this one uh, thing that happens on the radio, and also Halloween H2O isn't, in fact, and it's like, I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't have a pony in this race, you know? Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't care, but it's making me a bit annoyed with the Halloween franchise as a whole. I know it's not the Halloween franchise's fault. It's just people being douchebags. There's a, I like horror movies, but there are people out there who take horror movies so freaking seriously. Yeah, and, and, and I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, yeah, I, the fucking Halloween movies, you know, yeah. I, I... So they're stupid. So fucking what? Yeah. You know, they my favorite franchise, which I, I feel I really must admit at this point, seeing as I just ran through the franchise again this week, Phantasm. Nice. Beats like, all of them. I like Phantasm. Uh, so, so, yeah, so I'm going to see this, uh, the new Halloween movie, tomorrow. So, Tall my wife is... would make Michael Myers his Bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No I love doubt. that old guy. I love that old guy. Post Hell of day. Fucking Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm a bit annoyed with the Halloween franchise and horror <coughs> movie fanboys, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go see that tomorrow. Should be fine. Uh, and finally, the Steve Stubbs pick of the week is the one movie that I saw in theaters this week because my wife was gone until late Thursday. My wife was in upstate New York, and so I wasn't able to see the amount of movies that I normally go see, but I was able yesterday to... I, I traveled 45, 50 minutes to a theater in Oklahoma, the outskirts of Oklahoma City to go see the new A24 film Lamb! Oh, man. Okay, so... Okay. This is a... Uh, bizarre art horror film. It's... The credits are... In the beginning, the opening credits in the beginning are really big because this was made by various... Uh, company production companies and studios in Iceland and Sweden and Poland, uh, and it, it's it's all in Icelandic, so it is a foreign film. But in the beginning, you forget that because I swear to God, in the first thirty minutes of the movie, 
I don't think there's 30 lines. Yeah. In the first 30 minutes. I don't think there's any dialogue in the first 10 minutes. I'd say maybe there's 20 lines in the first 35 minutes of the film. Uh, it's bizarre and haunting, and there are parts that are funny. There are parts that honestly did... Uh, it, it's not scary, but it's, it's very unsettling. There were some parts in the film where I was just sort of... <gasps> You know, like that. It, it, it's it's a very creepy movie. Uh, basic plot: an Icelandic couple who has a farm in the middle of nowhere. Uh, they have a bunch of sheep, and one of the sheep uh, gives birth to a half human, half sheep thing, and they decide. And the, the couple's relationship is already strained. They hardly talk to each other. There's not a lot of love there. And suddenly they have this half-human, half-lamb baby. It, there's like one human arm and human legs and a bit of a human body, but then there's one hoof and a sheep head. And it can't talk, but it can walk and do things and... and it, so they raise the lamb as their own, and it's it's really creepy and bizarre. And the ending it it just sort of ends, but it 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 has big Midsommar vibes, big the lighthouse vibes. This entire movie it came out. It was released in North America by A twenty four. Because, of course, it did, because this movie has A24 written all over it. They also did The Lighthouse yeah. and Midsommar and Uncut Gems. And so this film is absolutely... Well, I, I, to me, it kind of seems like there's, there's A24, which is kind of like the old Miramax... Yeah. Putting out your classier kind of movie. They're just doing it more of in a horror genre. Yeah. Where then right under it is like Blumhouse. Yeah. And Blumhouse is more like Dark Castle films. Remember Dark Castle? They were putting out all remakes of William Castle movies. Yeah. They're kind of more in there. They're doing more Popish horror, not as not as highbrow. Yeah, this uh, this episode four twenty, and I've been smoking this whole time, dude. Nice. <laughs> uh, and then the movie stars, uh, Numi Rapace, R Rapace. She was the woman who starred in the the all of the. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movies, the, the ones that came out in the Swedish ones. Yeah. And she was also in Prometheus. I think she was, she was in Prometheus. She was the one that gave herself a, like a, an abortion, an alien abortion. But the movie is creepy and bizarre, and uh, it... I, I went to go see it on opening weekend, and there was only one other person in the theater. 
So this isn't a this isn't a widely released film. I had to drive almost an hour to find a theater that was playing it. And this movie is going to disappear like that, you know? Because yeah. this isn't a film that an Icelandic film about a human sheep hybrid isn't exactly causing a lot of people to uh, rush to the cinemas. But I absolutely loved it. And, and it was just bizarre. And it, it was beautifully shot. And uh, it was haunting. It's one of those films, like when I first saw Midsommar, I'm like, oh my god, that movie was creepy. And then, and then like, you're still thinking about it two days later, four days later, a week later. You're like, shit. You, you know, it, it, it's a film that haunts you, and I really loved it. And it was incredible. And it, I think I went like this when the movie ended. Like a, what? So... Really incredible, and you should all everyone should uh, try and see it before it disappears. Lamb, I incredible, wonderful movie. There's so little dialogue that when they do finally talk, I, I kept going, Oh shit, this is a foreign movie. I need to be reading what they're saying because that's how little dialogue there is in this. But wow, just a, a, a hauntingly bizarre film, a bizarre ending really really sticks to you this film lamb everyone should rush and see it before it disappears in theaters so that's my uh steve stubbs pick of the week the foreign movie lamb everyone should go see it it's bizarre uh next week i'm going to go see halloween kills i really don't want to see the new james bond movie i haven't seen yeah. any of the james bond movies but what else am i gonna see I don't want to have to drive an hour to go see Lamb again, but if I have to, I will. Uh, but I'm definitely going to see the new Halloween movie. Uh, what else? I'll figure it out. Uh, AMC has been doing this thing lately where uh, I think it's every Wednesday and Friday. Okay. But uh, you pay $5 and you go to an AMC theater and they will show a horror movie. But the, the interesting thing is they don't tell you what the movie is. Okay. It might be a fairly new horror movie. <coughs> it might be a classic horror movie. You pay $5 and you might get um, Get Out or you might get Malignant or you might get The Shining. You, yeah. you don't fucking know. And I think that's really interesting. And if possible, I might go and see one of those too because that sort of shit's right up my alley. <coughs> you know? Like movie roulette. That's that's really really cool. They play Jordan Peele's Us uh, this week, this past week. I think the last time that they did this, uh, I think last Saturday. That's what me. I'm gonna have to watch again. I have to watch both of his again. They both demand more attention. I really like Us. I feel that there's a lot there that is. Uh, Hiding under the surface. You see the movie yeah. and you go, oh, us, this was a good movie. But, but there's, <coughs> there's so much more to it if you really, it, it, hiding under the surface that you really got to think about. Plus, there's the fact that a large portion of the movie happens at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, which I've been to a shit ton of times. 
And it's just really cool to have a horror movie set in a place I've been. You know, it's not in some cabin in the woods somewhere or at some summer camp or some shit like that. No, it's at a place I know. It's like if they made a horror movie inside Metro Center Mall in Phoenix. It's really neat. But uh, so, yeah. So so join (coughs) us next week for some more up to date movie reviews with Steve Stubbs of the Week. And cut on that. Buddy! Yes! Uh, we still have a, a full podcast to get to. We have uh, Bunny Versus, everyone's favorite podcast segment. We've got Steve's Historic Approximations, which is uh, we're going to be talking about a, a British TV show for kids and how it ties in with Suzanne Plachette. Okay. So that's going to be fun. (coughs) And, of course, this week's movie is A Big Hand for the Little Lady, the 1966 Western comedy that, uh, wow, move over, Jodorowsky. Yeah. We've got a new master of the Western, Sergio LaHue. This movie. Now, now, if you look at the beginning of our journey, and now the end of our journey. Yeah. Quite a contrast. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back. There you go. We will be right back with more of the Pope on film after this. Do 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 Everybody, it's me, Mr. Steve. Well, it's Thursday. How's your Thursday doing? It's totally Thursday and not Saturday after my Raising Little Leader story time and I'm going through a story time marathon to make my week easier. Look, I'm in a different outfit. Anyway, today's video is a strange one. If you are familiar with this channel, you know I make a lot of references to pop culture and I use a lot of little clips here and there. And so this is a short compilation of some of my favorite clips that I use during storytime videos. Some of them you may have seen before in other videos. Some of them you may have seen a 
bunch of times in other videos. But it's a fun little video that you'd enjoy. Woo! I'm Michael Jordan. Stop it. Get some help. Life, uh, finds a way. Imagination. Bum, bum, bum. Got any grapes? <laughs> Not funny! Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Mr. Steve is recording this theme song so he doesn't get a copyright strike. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, oh, wow. you would see the biggest gift would be for me, and the card attached would say, be sure to like and subscribe to... Do, do, do. Hi, it's Vince with ShamWow. You'll be saying wow every time you use this towel. This is called foreshadowing. Foreshadowing happens when clues in a story hint at future events. Roll the cheese! Advising lawmakers, I can see he had... Would you like to see my dog? Come here, Fido Spot. Bark, bark, woof. I am dog. Bring me bone. Only bone shall sustain me. Sam, I am. Would you like green eggs and ham? Would you like them over there? Or would you like them over here? Would you eat them in a box? Would you eat them with a fox? Would you like them in a house? Would you like them with a mouse?
You may like them, you will see. You may like them in a tree. Would you could you with a goat? Would you could you in a boat? I could not like them. Those green eggs and ham. I cannot stand them. Mr. Sam, I am. Would you, could you in a car? Eat them, eat them, here they are. How about in the rain, in the dark, or on a train? Mm-hmm. 
it's moon. Moon? That's the sun. I say it's the moon. I know it's the sun. Now, by my mother's son, that's myself. It shall be moon or star or anything I list. Can we journey back to your father's? Go on. Get the horse. There's seriously something wrong. around the world. His name is Sam Fear, master of the pan flute, that magical instrument with the unforgettable sound. Now in his magnificent all-new collection, Sam Fear plays the world's most beautiful melodies. Save COD charges by calling toll-free 1-800-421-2000. Or, to save all additional charges, send check or money order for only $12.98 for two albums or two cassettes, or $19.98 for two compact discs to Zomphir, P.O. Box 8449, Atlanta, Georgia. Remember, that's Zomphir, P.O. Box 8449, Atlanta, Georgia. Live fast. Die young, leave a good-looking corpse. You just make sure you come back next week. And we're...
money. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus, everyone's favorite podcast segment starring the incomparable, the illustrious, the indescribable Bunny Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you revved up? Are you ready to go? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, then, without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bonnie Williams, take it away, Bonnie. And I hope everybody is enjoying our 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 very 420 festive episode. Yes. But uh, I think I have discovered the reason why to a very, very important question. Okay. <clears throat> I think I definitively have it. I think I have found exactly why Brendan Fraser is so beloved and relatable. Okay. Hit me with it. All right. Well, I would like you to pull up a picture of Brendan Fraser. Everybody listening, I would like you to bring up a picture of Brendan Fraser. Any picture of Brendan Fraser. Anyone will do. Okay. Uh, no, I don't want to open Office. What, what the fuck? Okay, screw it. I'm doing it on my phone. Hey, I see Dan's in the room. Hey, Dan. Okay. Uh, okay, I've got a picture of Brendan Fraser. Okay. Any picture of Brandon Brendan Fraser that any of you are looking at right now, if you look, you can see that there is a level of panic right behind his eyes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that is it. That is what we are all relating to. Everybody. Everybody understands that level of panic behind Brendan Fraser's eyes. Yeah, that is, uh, he's, he's like a, a handsome actor and also a walking panic attack. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he looks like, he looks like he's about to break down at any second. And any I point. get that. Yeah. You know, yeah, he, he is going to, like, like right after that picture snaps, you get the feeling like he probably just lost it somehow. Most likely cried. Yeah. Yeah. I think he really nailed it with that one. I really think you did. That's a yeah. good that that's a good assessment. So I felt that that was important, and and I, I should bring it to the podcast. And how have you been, sir? Uh good. My my wife was gone on a work trip for over a week. Uh, their flight was canceled due to weather, because at the time that my wife was supposed to fly. 
from Schenectady to back to Oklahoma where we live for some reason. Uh, we were we were getting some tornadoes. We got some tornadoes this week. One got very close to us. That was exciting. Uh, so they canceled her flight. Uh, my wife was supposed to come in on Monday. She ended up coming in late on Thursday. Uh, but <coughs> now that now that she's back and we're back together here in the house. My wife is done with the work trip. We decided that we were really going to party this weekend. So when I woke up this morning and watched A Big Hand for the Little Lady for like the second time, I think, uh, I wasn't hungover. I was just still drunk. Okay. Which is always fun. Uh so I think the hangover is coming now. I think that's what I'm dealing with right now. I don't drink a lot, but you know, my wife and I were just happy that that you know she was back from her trip and we were just spending time together. And um, I'm quite relieved that my wife is gone because it means that a I can go back to movies. B uh, I will actually get help around the house. But the main thing is, uh, I don't have to dress up every night. Okay. El- my, my five-year-old was very upset that mom was leaving for so long. So uh, they asked if uh other mother which is my female persona could come every night and make dinner and tuck them in and at first i thought it was sweet but eventually it just started getting really tiring like sometimes i just want to be in sweats but every night i had to become a glamorous woman and it was fun and it it it, i think it did help me you know because i'm very much uh Gender fluid, but male leaning gender fluid. Most yeah. of the time, I'm just a dude, and every once in a while, I'm a woman. But um, taking care of my kids really helped me get in touch with my feminine side. So now I, I can I can be a woman when I want to, not when my daughter. When my when my youngest child says I have to, so that that was pretty much my entire week. Uh, one of the videos that I did on my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/storytimewithmrsteve, uh, I was really proud of because I I substituted the regular opening with it still had the same graphic, Storytime with Mr. Steve, and it still had the same music, but the video was. Dude loves Titan Tron from the WWF. Okay. And I was like, let's see if anyone actually pays attention to the things I do on my YouTube channel. So I was really proud of that. It came it it came out really well, exactly how I thought it would in my head. So yeah, I'm really I'm really happy that my wife is back. My wife is <coughs> really just just grounds me. Uh my wife took my two youngest to Target this afternoon, so I have, uh, I, I believe, 
Amber and Mal are in the house right now, but they're in their own separate rooms. This is the most silence that has been in this house for a very long time. And it is nice. It's weird, it's weird during the breaks. I don't have someone to go to and annoy, which is something yeah. that I do during the breaks, where it's like, okay, I'm going to take this tablet and watch um, Bunny and Steve's break time hijinks and just go annoy someone. So there's no one here for me to annoy, which is very upsetting. But, uh, but yeah, so, so that's... That is what I've been up to. How are you, Bunny? Uh, like, hardly nothing to report. I kind of jerked around all week. You know, playing around with different things, running little experiments here and there. Nothing, like, practical. Just having some fun. But that's yeah. about it. slow week. Jeannie's been sick all week. Lame. So, that's been an issue. Yeah, um, Eleanor was sick at the beginning of um, this week, this past week. They vomited, and um, I'm not saying that Jeannie got Eleanor sick. Yeah. Because we're in two different states, but I'm I'm thinking Jeannie got yeah. Eleanor sick. Okay. That's the only answer. That's the only answer. So Eleanor got Jeannie's sickness. And I worked my way through the Phantasm movies again. Yay. I, I I find it's I find it's like God, what do you want to call it? It's like barely a story. Yeah. It's through line. I don't know. I, I find it more interesting than the other movies, like Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween. I mean, they're all bad. Yes. You know. But Tall Man is closer to a Xenobite than Jason or Freddy or anything like that. Yeah. Well, um, 80s horror is very bad, except for one film, which we can all agree is a masterpiece, and that is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yes. Because uh, there aren't a lot of gay slashers out there. No. But that movie is so gay, and I love it. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel about The Lost Boys. I watched The Lost Boys again, and Joel Schumacher had a lot of fucking fun with the Corey Haim character. Yeah. You know, like, like Corey Haim is the kid that Joel Schumacher wanted to be. Yeah. Fucking, you know, fucking Corey Haim... The last time I watched it again, I mean, he is, like, so subtly gay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He has a costume change. The last time I watched Lost Boys, fairly recently, I noticed he has a costume change every fucking scene. 
And it is yeah. always something. Once, one scene was jeans and a t-shirt. One. Everything else was a fabulous fucking outfit. Very extra. Like, no kid dresses like this. It's yeah. Just, it's just not... And, like, we're talking, like, 20 costume changes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There you go. Okay. Having some computer issues, but they are fine now. And I love how it's there, and it's so just subtle that nobody really talks about it because nobody really notices it. Yeah. And I think that that's really cool. I'm really glad they didn't franchise that movie. Lost Boys? Yeah. Oh, they tried. There's Lost Boys 3. Yeah. Yeah. But but it it, it was it, but but it, I'm talking about like in theaters. Yeah. Like technically there is a From Dust Till Dawn franchise, but how many of those were direct to VHS for shit's sake, you know? Yeah. But I'm so I'm glad that they didn't, you know, release in theaters like The Lost Boys Three, The Return of uh, Saxophone Guy, you know, fucking. They oh, made well, we one. Didn't get, we didn't get Lost Boys Two until like, fuck, what, two thousand? Two thousand eight or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that movie in theaters. You did the tribe. Mm-hmm. Man. No, uh, I saw I saw the Lost Boys in theaters. Oh, I saw the Lost Boys in the theaters too. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit young, but I remember seeing it. Yeah, and I remember was, being. Yeah, I love that movie. Also filmed at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. And except and except for Star Wars, what other slasher movie has Jawa? Besides Phantasm. Yeah. Okay. I love popcorn. Yeah. Hi. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent right now. Are you wearing a robe or are you wearing a snuggie? It is a robe. Okay. I am not opposed to snuggies though. I need a podcasting this is, this is a robe. Snuggie friendly environment. Good. Good. Because a lot of a lot of places nowadays are um, snuggy discriminatory. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy about that. I'm not at a hundred percent right now, but I'm trying. <laughs> so what the shaft is going on today? Uh this week's Steve historic uh, historic approximations has to do with Suzanne Plachette and a very serious te- British teen drama series. A long-running, and again, I'd like to once again emphasize, a very serious British teen drama. Okay. Very serious. That's what this week's shab is. It's a good one. <clears throat> well, I don't think I have anything else. Do you have anything else? 
I've tried watching a little bit of <coughs> Recep Evadik 5. Oh, you did? Yeah. I found a copy of the movie with subtitles, and I'm like, I'll watch a little bit of it. <clears throat> I likened, before I had seen the film, I likened it to like an earnest movie. Yeah. But now that I've tried to watch it, uh, I have a bit more of an understanding of the Recep Eva D character. Imagine if they made six Urkel movies. Okay. That is the Recep Eva D Turkish film franchise. So he's he's a he's a Turkish Urkel. No, but Which he is kind of fun to say. Turkish Urkel. Turkish Urkel. Turkish Urkel. Turkish Urkel. Turkish Urkel. That's a lot of yeah. fun. That's, that's almost as much fun to say as Waititi. Oh, I can't say his name now. Taika Waititi? Taika Waititi, yes. That, I wonder, that, his name is just so much fun to say. I wonder what Taika Waititi thinks of Turkish Urkel. Yes. <laughs> you can tell this is episode 420. <laughs> Yay! Uh, uh, you know how annoying Urkel is? Yes. Like, the annoying breakout character of a sitcom. And you give that character a movie, and it's so successful that it becomes a franchise. That is Recep Evadik. Okay. It's really fucking annoying. I haven't been this annoyed since Fred the movie. <laughs> I watched like 15 minutes of it and I'm like, I, I've got to fucking tap out here. I, I'm not going to watch this unless I have to for the podcast, which we eventually will. Fred? I couldn't find. We watched I, Fred. Uh, 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 Recep. Yeah, Recep. Uh, we. I couldn't find Recep Evadik 1, because I was able to find 5, so... Well, see, that's the problem. Yeah, we're going to be... How can you watch 5? How can you possibly understand what's going in in, in Evadik 5 if you haven't watched 1, 2, 4? Exactly. But I'll keep looking for Recep Evadik 1. Um, the Force Awakens. The Force Recep Awakens. The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, and that's all I've got. All right. Well, let's head head on over there. I just I'm just glad I was able to break the Brendan Fraser news. You know, and very happy about that. But let's get on over. And take a good shot. That that sounds wonderful. Yes. Absolutely wonderful. So until next week. Come on. You know. You know. Self-adhesive tape? Yes, Please. I love that. <laughs> and cut on that. And cut on that.
Chris. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who isn't nowadays in this day and age? Now? At this hour? But only real fans, true hardcore fans, who've been with us since the beginning, since episode one, all the way back in 1983, when we were a just a, a, a leaflet at that point. Yes. We've since grown into a multimedia We were a very popular leaflet. Yeah, we were not. We were not. We it, when we first started the podcast, it was in it was a uh, it was chick tracks, but podcasts. Yeah. So tiny, and and you you'd find our podcast in like gas station bathrooms. Yes, but you have to admit that we were innovators in being the first garage podcast. Yeah, yeah, very much and, so, and. What is more remarkable is that was before the internet was invented. Yeah, we're really pioneers. Yes. Oh, pioneeros. Uh, but, o- but only real, true, hardcore fans who've been with us since the beginning would know the, the two facts about the both of us. Two undeniable, really real, and in no way made up on the spot facts about America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, is that you have a successful career working for Mattel, the toy company, and I've always been jealous about that. So tell us, Bunny, what made you want to start designing Barbie clothes? Um, It was her impossible figure first. Uh, you know, that was it. But, but before that, I was designing clothes for uh, a barrel full of monkeys. And yes. that is what got my start in making, making clothes for Mattel toys. Uh, going over to Barbie, it just seemed to be a, a, natural, a natural thing, you know. Um, look. G.I. Joe sometimes needs shore leave, you know? Word! Barbie needs to be looking good, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, mean, what does Barbie do for a living? How the fuck does she afford a Malibu beach house and a Corvette? I mean, please. The truth is out there. it's, It's all in the clothing. Uh, Barbie goes for a lot of fishnets and garters, you know? Yeah. Uh, but will not shy away from a nice bustier, you know? She prefers flat heels, and with as hard as she works, she deserves it, you know? Yeah. Meow. Meow. And the second fact you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do in this segment of the podcast is find a story from the history books, maybe one you don't know that well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling panache. And so that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, 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 dun. Or shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. 
Personally, I like the name Shap, and for those of you playing along at home in one of those very popular Pope on Film fantasy leagues, they're so popular, the Pope on Film fantasy leagues that people do out there. You know the player that everyone loves to draft? Genie. She, she has always been just the most popular draft pick in the Pope on Film fantasy leagues. Yes. Anywho, for people <coughs> playing along at home, it's spelled capital S, capital H, capital A, small p, because it's approximation, A-P. So if you're spelling shap, be sure to spell it correctly is what I'm saying. And so today on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing a British TV show for teens with an ending so batshit insane that it rivals waking up in bed next to Suzanne Plachette. Okay. Now, first of all, I love Suzanne Plachette's last name because it sounds like the sound you make when you're 10 years old and you throw a huge rock into a pond. Yeah. Like you're at the park and there's a pond there and it's like, hey, I found this brick, of this concrete brick. I'm going to throw it in the pond. Let's see what noise it makes. Plachette! Yeah! <laughs> I may have been high when I wrote that. I'm pretty sure I was high when I wrote that. And secondly, for you young viewers out there, uh, and if uh, my wife is watching this, please get me food. Wherever you guys go to get food, and I know you're going to go and get food somewhere because you're in Midwest City, and that's where all the food is, please pick me up something. If, if nothing else, while you're at Costco, get me a hot dog. I love their hot dogs so much. <laughs> Anywho, uh, for, the, for the young people out there, uh, so Bob Newhart had a TV show, and it was called The Bob Newhart Show, it was wildly popular. It ran for six seasons, and most, if not all, of the episodes ended with Bob in bed next to his wife, played by actress Suzanne Plachette. Yes. Back in those days, in like the 70s, it was, it, I think, a, a number of sitcoms in the 70s and 80s, it became a trope where it has to end the same way. Like, yeah. like, Welcome Back, Cotter always ended with uh, Mr. Cotter saying a joke. Yeah. Mork and Mindy always ended with Mork talking to the, the fucking high elder chief priests, whatever. And when I think of Bob Newhart, I think of him in bed next to Suzanne Plachette. The Bob Newhart show ended in 1978, and in 1982, Bob Newhart starred in a new show, and that was just called Newhart, and that show lasted eight seasons. I didn't realize that it was on TV for that freaking long. Yeah. It, eight seasons, and although it was popular, it still existed uh, in the Bob Newhart show's shadow, you know? Yes. But it was a fun show. That's where we got. That's where we got. This is my brother Daryl, and this is my other brother Daryl. Yeah, they were they they were the breakouts. Show they was were worth like, it just for those guys. Yeah, they were the fawns of the show. 
the breakout, the star character. Yes. Latka. Yeah. So, for the finale of New Heart, which aired on May 21st, 1990, they went in a very strange direction, and the entire series ended with Bob Newhart waking up in bed next to Suzanne Plachette, revealing that all eight seasons of Newhart had in fact been a dream that, ex that happened in the Bob Newhart show verse. Yes. That that uh, that is still like one of the best show endings ever. You know they're probably making yeah. Dallas. It well, was they one were of definitely the making yeah. fun of Dallas. Yeah, but, it was one of the to, wildest. Get Suzanne Plachette on it, and the yeah. set looked fucking exactly. Yeah. Everything looked exactly right. That like the yeah, film stock. You yeah. know, looked exactly the same. Yeah. It was just beautiful. Well, yeah, the ending to the show New Heart was one of oh, the yeah, wildest. It definitely hit on, on multiple levels with Dallas and everything else. And Suzanne Plachette looked good, too. She yeah. looked good. Yeah. So the finale of New Heart was one of the wildest endings to a TV show this side of St. Elsewhere, which also had a bizarre, bizarre ending. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that one, Bunny. It was all something like a kid looking into a snow globe or something? Yeah, it was all... It was The entire show existed in a autistic boy's dream, fantasy. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, the TV show Sane Elsewhere was a science fiction TV series that pondered the impossible question... What if there was a TV show where Denzel Washington worked with fucking Howie Mandel? Yes. <laughs> the, the weirdest pairing in the history of mankind that will definitely never happen again. Well, so, well have you ever seen the movie the called The Man? Mm -mm. Okay. So, okay, so... Raving up for big hand for the little lady, you just put down Denzel Washington and Howie Mandel. I can beat that okay. with the movie The Man with Samuel L. Jackson and, and Eugene Levy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, th I think I win that pot, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, whenever anybody talks series finales, I am of a generation where um, Suzanne Plachette will always be brought up. Yes. Oh, The Sopranos is ending? Gee, I can't wait for when Tony Soprano wakes up in bed next to Suzanne Plachette. It's yes. a go-to for people of my demographic. Well... Move she over. is she is the electric boogaloo of show endings. Yes, yes, very much so. I try and not do electric boogaloo. There's a lot more sequels out there. Yes. So move over, Suzanne Plachette, because this chap is about a British TV show called Biker Grove. 
Okay. Biker with a Y. B-Y-K-E-R. Grove. Um, that is an area of Newcastle. Kind of like uh, Scottsdale okay. is a is a like a suburb of Phoenix. So Biker with a Y is a is an area of Newcastle. Um, this was a drama, and the finale for this series put Suzanne Plachet to shame. So let's talk Biker Grove. Biker with a Y. It was a teen-oriented drama series that aired on BBC One for a ridiculous amount of time. I, I think it's interesting that in England, oftentimes it seems like, oh, here is a comedy series. We'll run it for two seasons of five episodes each, and then we'll wrap it up. That was a good comedy, and we all had a laugh. Oh, here's a drama about poor people in Britain. Let's run this for 47 years! <laughs> you know, the dramas get so much longer in England, but comedies, like, we will give you a small amount of time. So I think that that's interesting. But Biker Grove, a teen-oriented drama series, it aired on BBC One from 1989 to 2006. So a couple of generations of British uh, people grew up with this gripping teen drama, and it played right after school. It started at 5, 10 p.m., and it was about these cool young British teens who would go to a youth center after school. That's the name of it, Biker Grove. That was the youth center. Okay. The rec center that they would go to. Originally, the kids were real young, like 8 to 11 years old, but... Uh, after that first season, they decided to bump the characters up to, like, between 12 and 16. So the show could primarily focus on their growing up from kids to adults. And fun fact, a ridiculous amount of people between 1989 and 2006 got their start on this show. And a lot of the names that I saw were like, oh, blank got their start on this show. And they're all names of, like, British celebrities that I would never know. Then I saw a shocking one. A young Charlie Hunam got his start on Biker Grove. Charlie Hunam, the star of both Pacific Rim and The Gentleman, which is a movie I freaking love. <laughs> love The Gentleman. Fletcher. That's it. Ah, love that movie so much. So, yeah. Uh, Biker Grove, half-hour teen drama. It, I don't know either show. However, I would liken Biker Grove to, say, the English equivalent of Degrassi High. Okay. You know? Like, yeah. here's a teen high school drama that's been on for a long time. Drake was in a wheelchair. So, it... Biker Grove had 344 episodes, which is a staggering amount of episodes. And again, this is a serious drama. This wasn't some cheesy comedy. It was very heavy drama. The, the show, there were episodes on homophobia, abortion, 
One character died from a brain tumor. A gay kiss in 1994 got parents all riled up. One teen got pregnant. One fell off a roof and got paralyzed. So his character was just paralyzed for the rest of the episodes. Uh, very serious. Uh, there was an episode on drug addiction. One character stole a car and got arrested. Another character, another time, stole a car and went for a joyride and accidentally ran over another character. Okay. So this damn show was high drama. And so the big question is, it's 2006. We're ending Biker Grow. How do we end this? That's the, that's the big question. How do you end such a serious... Hi, uh, high drama show. Oh, 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 can I guess? Yes. Kaiju. Kind of. Almost. Okay. The writers of Biker Grove went in a slightly different direction for the December 10th, 2006 series finale. The teens learned two things in that episode. One, that the youth center was going to be closing, and it would take a fortune for them, uh, a fortune to keep the rec center open. And number two, the, the teens in Biker Grove learned that they're all characters on a TV show. Okay. And then the T-Rex attacked. <laughs> okay. And then the teens learn that since they're just characters on a TV show, if they just get a piece of paper and start writing what happens to them, then it happens on the show. Okay. So, oh, it, like, it, it, this, this can't be right. Let me see. Suddenly, they were confronted by a zombie who tried to eat them, and then a zombie shows up and tries to eat some of the Biker Grove kids. No. I saw that scene, saw the okay. T-Rex, and so they say, well, it would take a fortune to save the youth center, so they get a piece of paper, and they write that they find a treasure map. So they follow the treasure map, which leads them to pirate gold. Okay. Which they then used to keep the youth center open. They ended the most serious TV show with a wacky comedic Goonies finale. Yeah. It's like if it's like if the series finale of Lost was exactly the same as the episode that aired, except right in the middle was a great race style pie fight. Yeah. Or 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 if Dynasty was taken over by Muppets. Yeah. Yeah, like crazy. If the it's like if the finale of Mash was heavily clown themed, <laughs> yeah. you know, go in a different direction. But that's not all. Okay, so a T Rex attack. So the characters realize that they're all characters in a TV show. A T Rex attack, a zombie, the treasure map. They find buried treasure. They save the rec center, and everyone's cheering. And they're like, "We did it! We saved the rec center!" Turns out someone rigged the rec center with explosives. It explodes and everyone dies and fucking credits. <laughs> wow. 
wildest series finale of all time. Wow. Move over, Suzanne Plachette. The series finale of Biker Grove from BBC One absolutely has Suzanne Plachette beat. And to this day in England, if there's ever a season finale of a show and it's odd or it's disappointing or whatever, British people would be like, yeah, that was weird, but... Do you remember the ending of Biker Grove? <laughs> and then every, all, you know, websites and news outlets will be talking about, like, sure, that episode last night was strange, but let me remind you about Biker Grove. Yeah, so, uh, infamous. So I, I, I have questions, though. First, like, how did, how did the fans receive that? Everyone was upset. Everyone was pissed. Everyone, Everyone was, was like, what the fuck did we just see? But they so weren't like, pissed because, like, like, they're why? British. So they're like, oh, I object to that. You know. Why? Why did they decide to drive a stake through their own show's art? I, the only thing I can think of is that after 343 episodes, you just go fuck it. Yeah. It's kind of like Lost in a way. Like, you had so many, by the end of the show, you, you somehow wrote 300 different plots. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, now we have to wrap all of this up? We're not going to do that. We're going to wrap up what we can. And these guys just said, like, shit, like, we've been doing this show for freaking from the 80s to the 2000s, how do we wrap all of these plot lines up in a meaningful way? I don't know. Pirate treasure, T-Rex, everyone dies. Yay! So I, how, I applaud how long, have, how long have has like this particular group of writers and such been working on the show? I mean, no idea. They've been working on it since the fucking 80s. Yeah. I can see getting to really detest all your characters in that amount of time. Yeah. But I really had to uh, really emphasize that this was a very serious drama. Yeah. A very, very serious show. Because it, they went left field for their finale. In a way, you're like, yeah, I hated that, but also... I gotta give you a golf clap because the balls yeah. that you have to make this insane ending, fucking good on you, mate. <laughs> you know? Shit. Damn. You got balls as big as church bells. Yes. Uh, so, so, yeah. So that's it for Steve's historic approximations. This week, be sure and join us next week for more educationally uneducational podcasts. And cut on that. Say that again? And cut on that. One more time. <laughs> and cut on that. There we go. We are. What the fuck are we even doing? Now, hold on. Okay. Uh, Alright, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Friday! Yes! 
Uh, we still got a movie to get to. We still have a movie to discuss, the 1966 Western comedy, A Big Hand for the Little Lady. I don't have that much about this, but uh, I have some things. Love you. Are you going to work? Yeah. All right. Love you, Amber. Uh, so we still have a movie to discuss, but before we get to that, maybe we should take a break. Maybe? We awesome. should take a break. Okay, I concur. We will be right back with more of the Poop on Film after this. Do 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 and break. These lights that my wife bought for her plants are wonderful for lighting for YouTube videos. Hello, Reverend Steve here, and today I will be eating ice cream. Medicinal ice cream. It's right here. All natural medicated ice cream. Okay, nice cream. Uh, a medicinal ice cream. It features, uh, it's called Oklahoma Road. Get your kicks on Route 66. Nice cream, toasted pecans, and vegan marshmallows made in Oklahoma. OKNiceCream.com. Uh, it contains 62.5 milligrams per four ounce serving. I have never tried this before. Uh, we are going to give this a try. Ooh, ooh, this looks pretty. Wow. That looks very pretty. I don't know how much I should eat. I, uh, I've been worried about trying medicinal ice cream for the longest time because when I eat ice cream, I eat a lot of ice cream. So I need to learn when to say no to ice cream. Okay, so we're going to try this one. Uh, there you go. Got some pecans and some marshmallow in there. Oh, 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 oh. Um, it's got that edible taste. You see my furrowed brow? Oh, the pecans and marshmallows help, though. So, um, I've had two bites. I don't know how much of this will get me all, you know? So, maybe a big bite, and then we can sh keep checking back on me, okay? That's what we're going to do. Big bite. Big bite. There are a lot of pecans. Really like the pecans. I'm a big fan of pecans. Ooh, that taste. Ugh, how are they? 
The pecans and the marshmallows are wonderful. The rest is a bit questionable. Okay. So we will be back. I will see you in about an hour. Huh? Okay. It has been one hour since I have had the ice cream. Uh, I took three bites on camera. And then once I stopped the video, I had three more bites. So, uh, not really high. <laughs> um, I can feel myself starting to get a little bit high. It, I'm very mellow right now. Uh, uh, you know, a little bit dizzy, a little bit, uh, tripped out. But I'm not high. But then again, it's also only been an hour. So, okay. But I'm still functional. Uh, just a little, hey, you know? You just got off of work. It's a Friday. You're going to have a little bit, and hey. That's how I feel right now. But it's only been an hour, so let's check back in another hour. Hello. It has now been over two hours. And um, I'm moving faster than time. <laughs> I only took six bites. Oh. Light is so pretty. I think I'm gonna procrastinate a little bit more. Oh, oh, oh. Hitting up and strange without my right hand. Using my left hand, singing. I need to quit singing so I can start drinking. Here I go. Dark in the city, night is a while. Steam in the subway, the world is on fire. Woman, you won't make give me a sign. Catch my breathing, even closer behind. With the ground, I'm on a hot down after you. I smell like a sound, I'm lost in a crowd, and I'm hungry like I was. Cross the line, a discord and rhyme. I'm on a hot down after you. My mouth is alive with juices and wine, and I'm hungry like I was. <laughs> Stuck in the forest, too close behind, too 
the greatest dancer in the world in your face. Coming back. I'll be coming back for next week's episode. For next week's episode. You come back too. You come back or burn in hell for eternity. Let's play cards. Honey boys waiting, those ruby lips to greet. Don't be so aggravated, I'm blushing for you. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Um, 
uh, I before we get started with this week's movie, uh, and it might be because I'm high, but I just wanted to, to, to mention something, to bring up something I've been thinking about ruminating on throughout the, the break just now. Science has done so much. Science has created vaccines, which has virtually wiped out diseases that were once commonplace. Science has created a, a treasure trove of information in the World Wide Web. And science has created super computers so small that we all have one in our pocket and we can use it to surf the World Wide Web and find out any information we want. I heard an Eagles song on the radio. I looked up, I, I typed in Eagles, and then suddenly right there, I have the entire history of the band The Eagles. This is based, this, we are in the future. Yes. Uh, science has created uh, driverless cars. Science has done so much. And yet, every time <clears throat> I use ketchup, before the ketchup comes out, there's pre-cum. Yes. Yes, there is. Must every time. Every time. Every time. Yeah. Science has wiped out diseases. It ended diseases helping extend people's lives. But I can't get ketchup in a ketchup bottle to not pre-cum all over my food. And it's upsetting to me. Very upsetting. Anyway, uh, a little bit high. Where was I? Yes. I, I just pictured an extremely tired, like, grad student being like, I'm working on it! Right? I can't. Uh, it's finals week! Act three, Bunny! Act three! Act three! Yes, Bunny, my friend! It is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to shuffle our way to the third and final act of the show. And for the uninitiated out, out there, it is said third act wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our uh, all-new, same great taste, now 100% fruit juice movie of the week. And this week, we continue our series of westerns with a look at the 1966 western comedy, A Big Hand for the Little Lady. That poster you have up there is wildly misleading. Isn't it? Isn't it? That's why I grabbed it. Wildly fucking misleading. You're, you're, you see that and it's like, oh my god, a, a sex romp. Yeah. God damn. I don't, I don't have a lot about this film. It's good, but it's, it's no Joe Dorowski. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. You didn't have fun with this. No, I it's did. Just it a was a good film. Movie. Now, okay, okay. It, it is a product of its time, so it, it's, it's sexist so. pretty much through and through. Yeah, you know, but I, I think it was a really fun ride to get from from the beginning to the end. 
Yeah, no, it was a good film. It was good, but... Uh, so anyway, to explain what's going on, uh, during our birth months, we try and we, we show movies that we want to watch, and when it's my birthday month in March, I just try to show movies that I like, movies, not necessarily movies that mean a lot to me, but, but I try and show some good movies, and then in October, which is Bunny's month, he, he teaches us and takes us places, and we have <laughs> adventures. And yes. this month, we are focusing on the one genre that we never touch on this podcast, which is Westerns. And we started out with, some, some, with a great film that would uh, have a lot of discussion, and then the quality of the film is slowly but surely going downwards the more we go into October. This film is fine. Yeah? It, it's fine. It's, oh, I it's... think this is so much, so much. And it's hard to speak about without giving away the end. Yes. And the end is fucking dynamite. Come on. Uh, I did not see the ending coming, so I can say that. Yeah. And, uh... and it, to me, like, this does not have necessarily have to be a western we could yeah this is not a western premise this, is, this does not this feel movie. like a western we could drop it pretty much anywhere mm-hmm. yeah this was not a western like at all yeah it, it, it felt like a bait and switch like huh it, it has the opening of a western you know they've got the white screen and the technicolor and the Irving J. Salzberg presents, you know, in the yeah. biggest font that they can. Like, it it felt like a western, but it's it, it's it's a poker movie. Yeah, it's rounders. It's rounders. It's rounders. <laughs> it's a comedic I never saw, rounders. I never saw rounders. And and Henry Fonda is Matthew Damon. Jason Robards is uh, John Malkovich. You know, you can just call him Matt. Huh? <laughs> you called him Matthew Damon. And I'm like, wow, fancy. Matthew, did I? Because I was having a hard time that's, reaching that's... either one of their names. <laughs> yeah. This cat behind me is trying to get a spinoff. I thought this movie was a lot of fun. I thought it was a really great ride. I think it progresses through the story nicely. Yeah. And and has an excellent ending. Uh, it's mostly harmless. That's how I feel it's that it was. Mostly harmless. You know, it 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 was it was a fine film, and yeah. I liked. I watched it. I had fun. It went places I didn't think it was going to go. Uh, I, the ending, uh, I did not predict that ending, so that was a pleasant surprise. It wasn't a bad movie. It's also not a movie that I... It's not a movie that I would go out of my way to watch, but if I'm changing the channels and it's like, oh, <coughs> shit, a big hand for little lady is on channel 82. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I got nothing to do. Oh I'll, I'll, I'll watch this. So 
was mostly harmless. Yeah. This and was I liked one of it. those movies that I found like late at night where like I probably couldn't sleep and I knew there wasn't going to be anything on and I was flipping around and, I was, and this came on and I was like, eh, fuck it. You know? Yeah. And, and was just really pleasantly surprised. This and Master of the Flying Guillotine. Same nice. story for that movie. Love that. Oh, uh, Bunny. 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 Yes. I was going to do this during Funny Versus, but I'm, a, I'm high and hungover. So, like, the high is being brought down from the low. And uh, I was going to do this on Funny Versus, but I just... Uh, so you saw the first episode of TV's Westworld? Yes. What were your thoughts there? Interesting, you... but I haven't gone back for some reason. Yeah? I, 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 thought the, I thought the premise was set up pretty interestingly, and like, wow, this is a place where people can go to be complete scumbags. Yeah. I imagine there are and some people. Would. I imagine there are some people out there who go there to be heroes, but no, people go there to <coughs> be fucking bastards. But I, I, I really and like. I, yeah, show. and I don't know how I feel about that. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. They are robots. This is an amusement park. This is. This is just a reason, another reason that it's that it exists. Yeah. That we just didn't really think about in the first movie. Yeah. It, it, I really like it. I really like it. And what's his name? Uh, Hannibal Lecter is amazing. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. And uh, his, like, number two, the black guy, he's Commissioner Gordon in the new... In the new uh, Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. So I'm excited. I, I, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. And we didn't we didn't discuss Superman at all. Superman. Yeah. I'm thinking DC has the lead on gay characters now. Oh yeah, Superman. I don't and think people... we have a solid solid LGBT character in Marvel at all, is there? Uh, there was a wedding between two uh, male uh, gay mutants. Uh, it, I think it was North Star and someone else. Well, but yeah. yeah, but they no, are yeah, was... way, way they're down there. Yeah, but also, this isn't Superman, it's like the son of Superman. It's like son of Superman, and it's a Robin. Yeah. Yeah, no, we didn't talk about Superman, but... But not knowing the DC Universe, they, they seem to sound like fairly major characters to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I can see them... I can see DC doing it in, in the sense of... We're making Superman gay! Come and buy our comics! We didn't really make Superman gay. It's the son of Superman, so we're okay. Yeah. Superman's gay, everybody. Can you believe that? So they found a way to make a major character gay while also not having it be a major character. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. It's, 
it's like other Superman. You know? It, yeah. it, I don't know. But, but yeah, a lot of people are pissed off about it, which is hilarious, because it's yeah. like you obviously don't know comic books, because this is not Superman. We're not talking about fucking Clark Kent making my, my out with first Jimmy reaction, Olsen. My only first reaction and, and my response, which was right here, is that DC is getting ahead of the curve. I don't like that. <laughs> well, Deadpool Marvel's is... got to up its game. Deadpool's pansexual and is constantly hitting on Spider-Man. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. That kind of counts. <clears throat> but but yeah, no, there needs to be a major Marvel character. And not just like a side character. You went with them? I've been alone this whole time? Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know you went with them. I thought I thought Mal was still here in the home with me. Sorry. I was waiting for Mal to come out of the room. I've been I've been alone this whole time. I was so scared. Hi, Eleanor. How you doing? Wait, uh, guess what? What? My son and me got costumes. You got costumes? Yeah, Oh, cool. Are you going to be Albert B. Fall, the Secretary of the Interior during the Harding administration, who's no, responsible for the infamous no, teapot dome scandal? No, I'm going to be a ninja. going to be a ninja. Oh, hey, you know what you do when you're a ninja? You go to Arizona and you start counting ballots. I'm going to be a unicorn. You're going to be a unicorn? I thought you were an angel for a second there. I've got a great Halloween costume that I'm super excited about. I'm going to be a man without severe depression. Oh. It's going to be a difficult out outfit for me to pull off. Yeah. But I'm going to try. Uh, so, yes, a big hand for the little lady. Um, Bunny, why don't you hit us with the plot of this film? Okay. Uh... So I am so cross between spoiling it because it is from the '60s for the, for Christ's sake. Oh, no, you know? Like if you haven't had a chance to see it, but let's try synopsizing <laughs> up until like the midpoint. Okay. So there's this small western town, and for whatever reason, this is the site for one of the year's biggest poker games. Yeah. And the richest men in the surrounding areas come to the poker game, each and every one of them some layer of scumbag. Yeah. You know? Uh, so they come to this town to play this massive, huge poker game. And this is pretty much the beginning of the movie. This is all starting right at the beginning after the stagecoach credits and all that. Uh... And one of them's Kevin McCarthy. What? And one of them's Kevin McCarthy. Who did a hell of a job. Yeah, he did a great job. I, 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 I know he was in the original uh, invas Invasion of the Body Snatches, but uh, I just know him as, hey, you need an angry old white man for a movie yeah. in the 80s. And 90s, you just get Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. He so used was, to could act. <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah. he definitely did become like a caricature of himself, mostly. Yeah. But I was happy to see a young him in a movie that wasn't uh, black, black and white. Yeah. Yeah. So now Henry Fonda and his wife, Joanne Woodward, and his son, did he even have a fucking name? I'm I don't not know. sure. Their, their wagon wheel breaks in this town, so they have to stay overnight and get it fixed. Yes. So they get a room at the saloon. They get a and room. Henry Fonda has Henry Fonda hears about the poker game. A room at the saloon. And it's quickly established that Henry Fonda has a gambling problem. Oh yeah. So they get the rooms and then Joanne Woodward goes off to get the wagon wheel fixed and he convinces the guys in the poker game to allow him to sit and watch. Yeah. The only real problematic part of the plot, I would have to say. Because why yeah. they make this exception? You know? Yeah, but I don't know. Anyway. Uh... So then it escalates from there how you would kind of think it would. Uh, Henry Fonda then takes some of his savings money and buys into the game, you know, and then it escalates from there, and he winds up down to, like, the last of the money he has, so, like, their entire lives are on the table. <clears throat> and he has the best hand ever. Uh, and his wife comes back, and he's trying to figure out how the, how he's going to get the money, and she gets all mad, and they start arguing, and it's the best hand ever, and it can't lose, and all that, and he has a heart attack. <coughs> Therefore, leaving her with the greatest hand ever to play to save their life's fortune. Yeah. That's basically it. You you did good summarizing the film. You did very good. It's Thank a fun you. little movie. I mean, I could dwell on a lot of those spots there, but, you know, the, the basic premise of the movie is fairly simple and a yeah. lot of fun, especially with actors like Henry Fonda and jo Joanne Woodward, who could really sell the parts. Yeah, it's a veritable who's who of character actors. Yeah. <coughs> and Henry Fonda. Yeah. And Henry Fonda. Yeah. But it's a good movie. It's cute and it's funny and I liked it. Uh, it started out as a TV play that was performed on the DuPont show of the week. They would do live plays on the air makes, once a week. Yeah, it makes sense. You could do that you could do that easily. It's pretty much one room. Yeah. So so it started out as a play on TV, uh, October seventh, nineteen sixty two. Back then the play was called Big Deal in Laredo and then 
it, it was apparently such a big success that they decided to expand it. And so four years later, they turned this TV play into a big movie. In the UK, a big hand for the little lady was titled Big Deal at Dodge City, which is a yes. total lie. I saw movie posters for that. I saw movies posters for, uh, what, Big Hand and Laredo, or what did you say? Uh, big Deal at Dodge City. No, no, and uh, Big that. Deal, Big Deal in Laredo. Yeah, yeah, Big Deal in Laredo. Yeah. Uh, fun fact: the barman in the movie he he got his start in theater, and he was hired to be in Big Deal in Laredo, the TV play, and then he did a few other uh, little. Uh, plays and stuff, but when the director signed up to make a big hand for the little lady, he, he went back and watched the DuPont show of the week and said, okay, I'm going to recast everyone. I need that bartender. Yeah. The bartender from the original play, I need him. And so uh, the director gave him the same part, despite the fact that that guy just did small bits of theater, and had never acted in a movie before. Yeah. But the director's like, I've got to have you! So that's cool. Uh, anywho, uh, apparently, so my kids are back, and they have purchased... Put the tag in. You, you've got that the wrong way. Okay, there you go. So, Eleanor here is a unicorn, and you look amazing. I'm jealous of that outfit. You're a unicorn? Yeah, they're a unicorn. And then Maxwell's a ninja. Nice. So, Maxwell is going to fail at proving that the election was a fraud. And you got sushi, too. You got sushi? Oh, man, Sushi. I love sushi. Me too, sushi. And what's your costume, Mal? An old person. Great. With with one weird hand of nails. Yeah. Yeah. So those that was the Ma big reveal. Mal's gonna have to practice the old person lines. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to practice some old person lines. Get off my lawn is a classic. Uh, you should learn the monologue from from the from the episode of The Simpsons where uh, all of the employees of the power plant go on strike, and so uh, Mr. Burns sends uh, union busters to bust them up, but they're all old, and it's like we can't bust heads. The way we used to, but we have our ways. One way is to tell them stories that don't go anywhere. Like the time I took the ferry to Shelbyville, I needed a new heel for my shoe. So, I decided to catch the ferry to Boyganville, which is what they called Shelbyville at the time. So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. Now to Take the ferry, cost a nickel. And in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. 
Anyway, the important thing is, is that I had an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time. They didn't have white onions on account of the war. <laughs> they could only get those weird yellow ones. That's a... That's most of the monologue, and I'm pretty proud of myself for remembering it. I, I almost got it perfect. Anyway, I watch a lot of TV. That's all I have for this week's movie, A Big Hand for the Little Lady. Uh, my review is mostly harmless. It's cute. It's nice. It's fun. It's fun. It, I wasn't expecting the ending. The ending was quite a surprise to me. This was fun. And there's all of these character actors. It's nice seeing Burgess Meredith. It's nice seeing Jason Robards. Yeah. It's nice seeing Kevin McCarthy and all of these people. Like, it's cute. It really is a bait and switch because, like, I was expecting a Western, and this isn't a Western. Yeah, no. But, no. but like, it's nice. It almost feels like a musical, but there's not really any musical numbers. No. Except for one at the end, kind of. But it feels like a musical. So it really is like a, like, I, I'm surprised that like in 1966, they were still wheeling out like Westerns. Yeah. I picture Westerns as like a 50s thing. <coughs> but This one almost looks like one of the last of its kind. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. I don't like it. It's a buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I get that. But yeah, this was cute. I found the entire thing for free on uh, 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 Daily Motion. Oh, yeah? So anybody, yeah. So if anybody wants to watch it, it's right there. And it's a pretty decent quality, too. It's a cute movie. And I liked it. Nice. It was all right. So, Bunny. So now bunny. it's back into your hands. What? So now movie selection is back in your hands. Oh, it is? Oh, I thought I had one. We had one more week. No. Oh, man. I was so excited to see, like, what is worse than this. I thought you were going to do something really horrible. <laughs> you know, for, like, that's, the end. That's all I got in Westerns. You want me to pull something out of my butt? I can. Uh-huh. Oh, I was kind of I was kind of hoping that it, at the end of it you would uh, we'd watch uh, Terror of Tiny Town. Terror of Tiny Town. I do not have Terror of Tiny Town. I I think it's on YouTube, but I don't know for certain. I'm assuming that it is because it's so old that it's definitely in public domain. We uh, totally, let me, if, if, if you did not plan for a movie, we could totally do I, Trick or Treat. Okay, Terror of Tiny Town. Starring Skippy from Family Ties with an appearance by Ozzy Osbourne and Gene Simmons. I mean, Terror of Tiny Town is on uh, YouTube. But, it, but also, it it's is. an hour... It's like an hour and two minutes, so it's barely a movie. It's not even a Dumbo. <laughs> it's, it's more of an extra-long episode of The Office. So, uh, so what movie did you say? Uh, Trick or Treat, which is a complete departure. 
I remember that movie. It's all like glam and butt rock and shit. It's your basic heavy metal horror movie. Yeah. I I I vaguely remember this. Uh hell yeah. Starring the... Skippy from Family Ties, which I personally think is the best selling point. I loved Skippy from yes. Family Ties. I know exactly uh who Skippy is. I liked Skippy a lot better than that douchebag that the daughter was dating. He wore Nick. Nick! I thought oh, I fucking hated Nick. Skippy was the man. <laughs> Fuck Nick. And then Nick tried to... It, the actor tried to be a star. He was in some sort of, like, vampire or werewolf movie, and it sucked. My oh, Demon Lover or something like that, yeah. which is completely horrible, and we're yeah. going to have to watch it again one day soon. Yeah. But, yeah, let's do Trick or Treat. That'd be awesome. Okay, so it's not up on the cough cough. It'll be up soon. Okay. Sweet. What's up, Cyber Ninja? Oh, you're just a regular ninja? I assumed you were a cyber ninja. That's why I've been making all these jokes about the election. Huh? I'm deeply afraid of Maxwell having any kind of swords. I know that they're plastic, but I also know that if there's one thing... You are doing that really well, the wiping of the blade. On your sleeve. That's exactly what Ronan does in uh, Avengers. Uh, yeah, that's that's where I uh, got the Yeah, that's very good. Okay, so next week we're doing Trigger Treat. Yes. Awesome. That will be a good film to watch for Halloween, for the holidays, and cool. Okay, so we're doing that. Uh, next week. Also, next week... Next, uh, next week is exactly Halloween. Halloween. Perfect. Oh. Yes. No, no. Uh, there's two weeks to Halloween. Next Sunday... Oh, yeah, sorry. That's Next Sunday's 24th, and then after that, the 31st. Oh, okay. Oh, well. So... Uh, you, you we'll do we'll do we'll each pick a Halloween movie. So so you've picked Trick or Treat, and then next the week after that, I'll find some Halloween movie good for us to watch. Plan, yeah. So that, yeah, this is a good plan. So we've got two weeks of Halloween movies. Next week we're doing Trick or Treat. But now that I'm looking back at this episode, uh, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the Halloween, uh. Timeline is a mess. Everyone should go see the movie Lamb. Biker Grove. A BBC teen drama with the weirdest ending to a television show of all time. And a big hand for the little lady. Uh, I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty rootin' tootin' sixth gun shootin' episode of the Pope on Film. I think it's it I think it's pretty good. I think that even though you hated the movie, it yep. was a damn good episode. Good, because I, 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 I felt I also felt that it was a D word good episode. But I didn't want to step on your toes because I feel like you're the person who makes that distinction. That you're the one that doles out the classification as to whether or not it's a damn good episode. And I didn't want to step on any toes. But yes, I concur 
with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Stephen on behalf of Amber and Mal and Eleanor and Maxwell and Natasha and the cat and everybody else. I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. Oh, you're shuffling like an old man. That's, that's very good. Shuffling. <laughs> okay, but if you're going to be an old man, shake your fist when you say it, too. Like, douche waffles and pussy. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, there we go. You're getting the vibe. You're getting the old man vibe. Okay. Maxwell? Oh, are you saying it in ninja? Because ninjas are silent? Gotcha. It took me a while to realize what you were saying. Okay, unicorn. Try, try to get into the, the, really into the old man feeling. Try putting on some, like, muscle cream, you know, like Icy Hot or something like that. One, so that you could smell at least a little bit medicated. And something is always hurting on an old person. Something is always sore. What, I was in a play, I was in a play my senior year of high school, and I had to be an 80-year-old man, and I wasn't sure how to do that. So what I did was I would get small, sharp pebbles and put them in my shoes. So that when I walked, I walked slowly and carefully, and I always had a look on my face like I was in pain because I fucking was. But that was my secret of being an old person. And people would say, like, oh, wow, you were so good, Steve. Uh, how did you do it? And it's like it, it wasn't acting. I was just Perfect. in pain yeah. the whole time. I might have to do this. Okay, this is an ASMR. <laughs> Please don't juggle your Skittles, okay? okay yeah, trying to wrap this up. Oh, nice. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do